0: Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind, Episode 76. Learning with my children has benefited me so much because
1: it has broadened my capacity and my skills and my confidence and my capacity as my skills and my confidence and my character has grown. Literally, I have seen my capacity be able to grow. But what I see is the benefit for just me personally, my journey.
0: Benjamin Franklin once said, Do not curse the darkness, rather light a candle instead. If you're ready to set your mind on fire, then prepare yourself for the Luminous Mind with your host, Rebecca Bowman. Today's Firestarter is Katie Hansen. Katie grew up exploring and discovering the woods, ponds, and creeks and fields in Baltimore, Maryland, countryside. After moving west in a graduating college in elementary education from USU, she found her personal call to teach her own. Through this call to work, learn, and grow as a wife to Michael Hansen and mother of six, she has come to understand what a true education is and discovered her love of nurturing women, building community, and helping family develop their education on foundational principles. Katie is a foot zone and is a trained mentor through Leadership Education Mentoring Institute and is currently serving as chair of the parent board of Liber Academy Commonwealth on the vibrant living Academy executive board and on the direct entry Midwifery board and helping her husband build Liber Labs, a 503 c 3 nonprofit organization. She has created classes helping others discover the creator of symbols and stories for adults, youth, and is currently developing the Family Foundation Guide, a mother's guide to building education on the foundational character building principles of creation for the home and community school. Welcome, Katie. Well, thank you very <laughs> been, much for having me. <laughs> I've been trying to get Katie on here for quite a while. But after reading that that bio, I can see why you've been so busy. So do you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Well,
1: I currently live in Utah, and I have been on a journey, I could say, of learning more about myself, of course, as we are all on our individual journeys of learning and growing and learning how to really become a Christ-like person. And I still have halfway of my life to keep learning (laughs) (laughs) and to keep going, at least. Like I said, I grew up in in the East and came West. And when I truly started to learn for myself and my own educational growth and making connections, it was after I became a wife and a mother and So that has been the most pivotal decision that I've made. And it was really cool about the whole, I just love this experience, but I have these little inklings about becoming a teacher. And one when I was eight, and I didn't really get connected with that again until I was in college and I started taking classes on that subject. And I just loved it. And for the first time, I was making A's. Because it was easy, I just kind of understood, came out as very more natural for me, I guess. But. And when I graduated, I had this feeling, though I, I was growing beforehand, that I'm going to help my children learn everything they can. And then the thought was, oh, before they're five, right? And <laughs> prepare them and learn <laughs> and use this in my home. And then when I graduated, I was like, I never want to teach in a public school and I will teach in a private school if I need to fall back on something or and <laughs> I was just resolved because I did not like that system but I never really translated that to my own children and when I had my first child he was 3 months old and I was sitting in a class because I was on this journey I just learned my first huge major project was natural childbirth and you know what to do to prepare And oh, I gotta prepare my mind and I've gotta prepare, you know, eat this certain way. And I read tons of books about birthing and started getting me on fire about how amazing women are (laughs) (laughs) and our, our capabilities. And anyway, and so after. I was attending a seminar and someone mentioned something about, are we supposed to just send their children away and sit at home, say, yeah, I'm staying home with my children or whatever. And I just had a lightning bolt come straight to my heart and I knew, oh my gosh, I have to homeschool. <laughs> and my son was three months old. I started more on the learning journey, so literally when I had babies, my first baby, I began learning. And from that point on, I started going to homeschool conferences or seminars. And once my kids were a little older, then I started going to classes outside my home. And I could understand that my education wasn't complete. And even though I had this teaching degree, I knew I still was on a journey to learn how to teach.
0: Yeah, it's a lot different book form versus real life, I would imagine. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so. And it's the concepts in my mind, I had to grasp them to understand and, and bring them into my heart so that I can have some transformation in my heart and have it come out. And that is something that has to be discovered and internalized through the journey, and it can't be just memorized exactly. and just fed, and that is not how true learning works. And so for me, it's been on this journey, and I just feel like each new journey of discovering something that I needed to learn or wanted to learn in behalf of my children or... In behalf of new learning situations I was in, or as a wife, or as a, a homemaker, I was able to basically learn a whole new set of skills. So it was this becoming in the role that I was as a mother that brought me the reason to learn a whole array of things I could have learned when I was little, but it wasn't really in my environment. My mom started to work when I was young and then a little older, and she said, oh, let's learn how to sew or let's learn how to cook. It was already unpopular, and it was already kind of, I wasn't nurtured into that from the younger ages, but I did a little bit, but I really wasn't interested. But, you know, becoming a mother... It's a perfect project situation to learn. I had some motivation come into my <laughs> understanding, and I had children with allergies and eczema for four months on, my oh, wow. entire life, and I didn't want to just put band aids on. I want to understand why. And I and, dig and dig and dig until I can and find real, an <laughs>
0: Real healing, not.
1: <laughs> yeah, and just, I knew that Jared Cream, it just wasn't. The answer I was looking for, and I wanted
0: to understand why. So I was,
1: went to a lot of places for that. Yeah. So if that tells you a little bit about myself and how <laughs> Is
0: that uh, how you've evolved, or <laughs> yeah. So your personal educational experience. I'm assuming you went to public school in Maryland, then. And, mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And then we kind of talked about how come you chose to homeschool just you know at three months old, and then with your elementary education. Uh, background. That was a decision. But do you know how your kind of your educational philosophy kind of changed over time and with experience?
1: Yes, I kind of touched on that a little bit. But I kind of came out of the public school system. And then through the teachers college, with a, I want to say almost like an ignorance of how teaching really worked. And I had an arrogance of I have a degree, I know better than the parent. And it was alarming to me as I had children and had my own, and I could see that it was a part of me. But while I was substitute teaching in between classes and earning money that way, I had to become a tyrant to manage the class in a big bunch of kids that didn't want to be there. And I just felt like it was more of a tyrant <laughs> where you shall do this. And I didn't have the relationship built, obviously it's a substitute teaching and it's different with your your own classroom and the dedication teachers put in all throughout the year you know with those students but what i saw in myself is that it brought out this you know you shall do this with more of an the wrong kind of authority
0: kind of an unearned respect like
1: yes kind of yes yeah without the relationship built or just this expectation that i can say it and they can do it and So that is probably something that I have had to overcome in the way that maybe my personality as a child, I wasn't as aware or taught that. And that probably says a lot, (laughs) but (laughs) I have to back up and just say that as a child, I came from a background of, you know, my parents, my mother went to teaching school and had her own classroom as a science teacher. She's kind of a Charlotte Mason type of a teacher, very natural bend over. Let's look at this plant. And what's this? Huh? Oh, I wonder what its name is. He was asking those questions aloud and very natural exploring, kind of a learner that way. My dad's a scientist and we lived in Maryland and my parents were really overwhelmed with seven kids. Wow. And so my dad had two in his family and my mom was actually from kind of an abusive home situation and she was in foster care for five of her years, from five to ten, mm. and her little sister and brother was adopted out, and it's just her and her brother went into the foster care, and and she had a stepfather who beat her, and you know she became she turned eighteen, and she actually joined the Church of of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, and that's my father was an, a Latter Day Saint and she went to BYU for her, you know, she was excited to leave California and go to the school with her fiancé, and then they got married, and she wanted to do what's right, and so that's what she led with what was right. And they never knew how they were going to make it, of course, with understanding young parents. We all get a chance to learn what it's like to be married and have children But they did their best, and they had seven of us, and they moved back east. And I really feel like it was the heaven sent that I survived. (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of was on the tail end, and my older siblings, they kind of got into a crowd that was doing drugs when I was little, and my dad drove three hours to work with his commute every day and there was a lot of years in my life I think he just came home and went to bed. I don't think I had a lot of character training. You know, having a parent there, obviously. I kind of felt like the public school system raised me. But I can see the value of having a parent there to guide. Yeah, those and
0: parenting skills are definitely not something that's just natural. You know, they definitely have to be learned, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I can see where going through the public school system and then now I'm in college, I can see how, well, this is just how it is. Someone else taught me
0: that way. Yeah.
1: So just, I think I was reflecting it out, and I thought that's what it meant to be a teacher or something.
0: Kind of an authoritarian but, type attitude. Yeah,
1: yeah, and probably my dad was probably more authoritarian. Yeah. As I you know, had my own kids, I just recognized, wait, there's something I'm missing. I need to become a teacher. I need to learn how to become a teacher, and I started to quickly recognize how it's more of a Christ-like teacher or one that is centered on principles and Character building, gentle, kind, loving—you know—all these characteristics that would make a better teacher. And I have kind of been on this journey as I have learned, and I call it um, more of an agency-protecting teacher—a hmm. teacher that would protect our agency instead of telling, 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 lecture, lecture, tell. And this is, and then now, therefore, you shall know that because I told it to you. It's that is a really more. interesting
0: concept. I, I'm just kind of trying to wrap my head around the agency protecting type parent. I mean, sometimes as a parent, like you said, I mean we're definitely more authoritarian. And what a neat thing to think about. I'm sorry to break in there, but I'm just like, no, wow. that's okay. I've never heard it yeah. described like that. But yeah, we do want to protect that agency for them so that they can make the decisions themselves. I, I'm I'm assuming that's what you were meaning yeah. by that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so um, instead of all that tell, really children learn through show and through asking.
0: Yeah. And there's
1: a formula I learned from a friend that children learn 60% through show. And that means like, let me see it. Let me see how you do it. And then 20% ask and 20% tell. It's just a good formula when we teach to check ourselves. How much are we telling and how much are we showing and when we do like project learning we tend to do a lot of show and exploring like we might watch a video and that's really helpful because we can watch it and we can see how to do it i learn more from show and hands on and asking because asking gets my brain open and thinking and inquiring and keeping it going on looking for answers
0: yeah well, and I like how you talk about having to ask those questions because I think we forget that's a really important part of education is that, you know, the student formulates the question in their mind and that's what opens them up, like you said, what opens them up to that learning. Mm-hmm. You know, we and forget if, about that. If
1: what our brains want to do is they, they are always, so we have these little glands, I know from my foot background, that the thymus gland is constantly looking for a story. So this is where we have assumptions coming in. If we see there's messes all over the floor, and when we come home and we just assume, right, the story, what's the story? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, they left it out, you know, and they left me to clean it up, or they went off and did something else, whether it's our children or someone in our family or different situations that could be anywhere in our life and our work or uh, extended family. So our brain is looking for the story and it wants to complete the story. Like it can't stand an unsolved mystery. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of times we'll just make assumptions and okay, good, there's the story. That's the answer. And we just kind of go with it. So we have to become really aware in our mind of our own you know, assumptions and the stories that are going on in our head all the time. But as we ask more questions and we train ourselves and help our kids this way, this is what I did when I was children were little sometimes, I started to notice I would just tell them what it is, you know, instead of asking them, what do you think it is, and then let them explore it, I was more quick to just tell them, oh, I just want them to learn all these things, right? I want them to be smart. I want them to check boxes and understand the knowledge. So now I understand how... I have to allow them to discover it for themselves, for it to be their learning.
0: Yeah, for it to really instead stick, just, too.
1: Yeah, instead of just, you know, for passing a test, remember, that's rote. You know, learning it kind of goes in one year and out one year, and, and it's not until really we have an experience or we get to do more hands on with it and, or visit it three times. You know, there's patterns it can help with our brain to really learn it and internalize it.
0: That's great. So, what mm-hmm. is some of the best advice that you received? We kind of talked about how you came from a home where you know there wasn't a lot of. Like the public school system parented you. Mm-hmm. What was some of advice that you received that's kind of helped you over the years? I
1: think this idea of the show versus tell has been the best thing for me because I've already been on that journey of I want to become the best teacher. I want to learn how what does that look like, and I know I'm not there yet, and I still want to understand more. So that was really timely. So what I was doing is I was keeping my brain open and saying, I don't think I have it yet. I'm not going to say I have it and I am it. I want to still learn. Yeah. So that is a key of learning.
0: Well, and the the norm in society is that we don't take responsibility as parents of what our actions, you know, produce in, out of our children. And I think that's what I'm getting out of what you're saying is that you know when you had to take on that show me type attitude versus tell that you Uh had to become the example that you wanted your children you know if you want them to know all these things you have to know them yourself and to strive for that is that kind of where you're headed with that and
1: yeah I mean I have to understand it and that's part it's partly me how I function is I want to understand it. And I'm looking at it as if I can understand it for me, then everything can go better, right? For them.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, it's because of them I'm motivated, but then also to understand why I'm here
0: Yeah. and
1: what I need to, what I need to be learning because of them.
0: Yeah. It's interesting (laughs) Um, how families help us do that,
1: huh? Oh, it gives us
0: a lot of motivation.
1: (laughs) And I really took it seriously. I took that challenge to learn all I could about becoming a mother and learning how to have a natural birth, childbirth, and amazing uh, capacity that women have uh, with stories, all kinds of stories from midwives, just hearing how beautiful that experience could be. I think it really helped me to it set in some really strong mother bear chemistry in my brain where I could really take ownership. Yeah. And I think that's it. Is we have to have permission to take ownership of our role and put away all the fear.
0: Oh, yes. That's yeah. the hardest part too, I think, putting away that fear. Mm-hmm. So when you decided to homeschool at three months, did you ever worry about what your children would do for their friends and for that network that you had as a child within the public school system? Wow! Well, Basically, I'm been, asking you, what do you think about yeah. socialization? <laughs> what do you think it means to be socialized?
1: I don't know if I really worried about them having friends. What I did right away is I started hanging out with families. I started looking for and visiting with families that had that in common with me already. And within my neighborhood, there was four or five families that were homeschooling.
0: Oh, that's nice. And
1: so <laughs> I started to. And that changed over the five years of living there. But I'm a very social person, so I've learned that if the mom is social or if the parents are social, then that might be more easy for those families to. Make friends, talk to people. It depends on our personality orientation. I have an extrovert son, my oldest, and he, no, sorry, he's an introvert, and he really would rather stay home. He doesn't want to reach out a lot, but because of some of the things he's involved with, you know, the ballroom dance and the speech and debate, and he's done some acting with the Shakespeare production class we have in our community called Commonwealth. It has brought him out of his shell enough where he could do a little bit more balance. you know it's kind of helped push him out.
0: Yeah, I would never um, guess even, he was an yeah, introvert.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, he needs to go home and really, you know,
0: just be by himself and do. This. He needs he's that thinking, thinking time. Ahead. Yeah, he's
1: very much an internal processor. He just works out in his brain. Can, uh, my second son is a complete extrovert. He wants to be doing his work with others and moving all the time. And I see socialization really not in the way that. Most people ask it. I view family is the best social unit that we have because there's all different age groups, and there's wisdom in the it's more experience, at least. Then there's a really a high need for service and self-sacrificing, and letting painful emotions go. You know, not carrying them around, and really learning how to understand what a relationship is, and how you know saying one thing would hurt another how maybe we should not say this again because it's personal and it's not just people passing by that you just get thrown in the room with and you see the consequences more lasting within a family. And so I view socialization as really how we're meant to function in society together in a a positive, uh, light-lifting way. And I totally believe in God's design (laughs) for our family societies that way. So I believe in community. That's one of my passions is building community. And I love connecting with women and families that way and working and helping to nourish families. And I believe that being social in regards to our healthy roles within families is very necessary in, in life. And one time, this isn't just an example, is I was I had four kids, and I really was taking on a lot of burden of. Oh my gosh, I have to learn how to cook, and I have to learn how to, you know, heal, and I have to learn how to grow food, and <laughs> I have to learn how to learn, and so all these things. So it was an overload. With when I had my first child that summer, I was out trying to you know grow seeds and plant, and get some kind of garden going, and gather the things. I needed for this my whole journey right back at that point. One day I have this six month old baby and one of the kids broke glass on the concrete on the patio outside and I'm trying to work in the garden. And then, and I just was like, I flopped down, just wanted to cry. Like, I can't do this. I can't do this all. Oh. You know, and that's a good place to come. <laughs> guess what? <laughs> guess what? We can learn. <laughs> We're open to learning so much more when we can fill that place. But I came to understand that this is why families live together, live next to each other, or live within communities. Because not one family alone can really carry burdens of doing, just look at example of an agrarian society where they had more independence of they knew where their food was coming and they knew how to grow food and they didn't feel dependent on a store. I've been learning a lot of skills like that, trying to learn how to become the most independent where I have skills. I know how to grow a garden. I know how to you know, help the wounds. And I really am enjoy that learning those skills where I know what to do in situations. It makes me feel that I don't have to have a freak out, you know?
0: Yeah, well, in the <laughs> no, definitely builds confidence. Em- empowered. Yeah, confident. Yes. That's exactly.
1: Yes. Definitely. And that's what I have been kind of on a search to feel more empowered and gain confidence as a person, just individually, too. So at this moment, I realized that this is why a long time ago when people had farms and they took care of their own food, they had their parents living near or grandparents or cousins or just how did, I don't know how Laura Ingalls and her family, her mother and father, I don't know how they did it and was able to manage a lot of things. And maybe we've got more things in our life today that pull on us and demands and things
0: it is sad how separated our society has become. We don't live right next to parents or, you know, to have those yeah. extra, more experienced eyes around. Yes, generational. Yeah. yeah.
1: That story just illustrates how I was feeling. I understood how families were strong long before. Because they had elders there somewhere in, in the room, like the elder statesman, as someone calls it, or the grandfather, the medicine man, or, you know, someone. They always had older men and and women that brought about a peace and a grounding to that family to know that, oh, it's not just my mom, but look, I can see my grandpa out there teaching the same way or learning the same way or showing the same. It's like having more adults around helped to raise a strong foundation Enough. a little bit. I don't know. I know. Some
0: it. Sometimes with my children, when I say it, they don't hear it. But when somebody that's older or an aunt or, you know, somebody like that, a grandparent aunt or somebody like that, they can really touch on their heart and actually the child will listen mm-hmm. and hear it. Yeah. So It's
1: like it has to be out of two or three other people. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Two or <laughs> three <truth>. witnesses. <laughs> yeah. And that is a real that's a truth with our brain. Like if we hear it the first time. Maybe it doesn't have validity, but if we are and we see it and we experience it another two or three times, it's going to sink in, yeah. so then taking everything I've you know shared here, it's like as we experience it as I've experienced it, then I know better how to help my kids I, I know better how to relate with my children. I know better how to teach my children and help guide them in a more christ like way, a more effective way,
0: exactly. Before we go on, let us take a minute and hear about our sponsors. Ready to homeschool your children but you have no idea where to start or how to do it? Already homeschooling but you're running into problems or maybe you just want to improve results? Are you an expert homeschooling parent looking for every possible angle for your children the Homeschooler's Handbook, written by an award winning teacher with over 40 years' experience at every level of education, has the tools and answers you're looking for. Use the link on the luminousmind.net podcast show notes page and buy your own copy of The Homeschooler's Handbook today. Mind with Katie Hansen. So how have you benefited from, you know, being able to kind of do this holistic type learning with your family and definitely all of the things that you're learning to be independent and things like that? How do you think you've benefited from that?
1: Oh my gosh, so much. Well, I feel like in this journey, my capacity, like when I had that six month old fourth child, my capacity wasn't as broad yeah as my capacity is today,
0: that you've gained and some so, patience,
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's like as I have grown in my understanding even more, my character is grown, and it's increasing my faith, it's increasing my belief that I can do things too, and increasing our ability to gain the skills as adults, you know all these little things that we learn as mothers, maybe in the homeschooling journey.
0: Especially having Um, them there with you all the time. It really does force us to really deal with our issues really head on.
1: Yeah, just throw up our hands. Oh, I don't know how that happened. And be done with that story and allow it to be that way, um, which is a tendency maybe sometimes. But yeah, learning with my children has benefited me so much because it has broadened my capacity and my skills and my confidence and my capacity, as my skills and my confidence and my character has grown, literally, I have seen my capacity to be able to grow. But what I see is the benefit for just me personally, it's my journey, right? Yeah, Really? I'm a mother. (laughs) I'm Katie, and Katie's journey is part of the reason why I get to experience
0: this. So you have some amazing successes that you've seen with your children. Do you want to share them with uh, our audience? (laughs) Sure. Yes, it's really cool to see. So along the way, we doubt ourselves, or we
1: sometimes allow ourselves to fall into doubt that we can have success. And we kind of say, this is what success looks like. And really, There's so much success, so individually based on what each individual child, what they bring to the world. And who they are and helping them to discover who they are really brings beautiful success. But um, my oldest child has been learning. He was really ready to do these Commonwealth classes that we joined in with about five years ago, hitting that age of 11 where he kind of wanted more and we could feel it. There was some shift and I always told him about classes he could take when he was a little older. And we saw community classes and whether it's the, the production of the play We were involved with clubs and things, but he just ate it all up. He loved it so much and it fulfilled his learning needs in a group, especially at that youth age, 12, 13, 14. It was wonderful for him to learn with other mentors that stepped up to serve and teach the youth. That's been a very, very good success is joining with a community school like Commonwealth has been a really good help, but as he, we had about three years of classes that were offered as building stones and let's increase the rigor, let's increase the, the amount, the type of books or the amount of books and the content that they're learning. And so there's this progression of a couple of years in these Commonwealth classes that I've been involved with and I had been through the learning for myself through the adult classes, and I could see the value of this third or fourth year books that he had an opportunity to, to take, and I had the vision of how important reading those books, reading a story about Gandhi and studying his life, and knowing what kind of character he had, and where they have these discussions, they bring out how this one character trait that he had maybe proves courage, and they study that trait with that man and some other readings that were in this class, I knew that that's where I wanted him to get to level of studying. And in the middle of one of these years, he had a couple of friends and end up doing different things and leaving to go to the school or moving or different situations. And he was kind of feeling down because a lot of his friends that he'd he gained were not there anymore. And he felt like, oh, it's just not be really as cool or fun anymore. My class is going to be late. You know, he just was yeah. kind of in this discouraged moment. And he was talking about, you know, oh, I'll just go to high school for some classes and I'll do that. And But I could see. If you, you haven't just stuck
0: it out. Awesome. Yeah.
1: yeah. You haven't got to these awesome books. And I really held my feet on that option <laughs> in that camp and just persuade it as much as I could and I just said I know these are going to be awesome and it's just amazing how God just orchestrated everything beautifully to have this class and this amazing mentor and he's like okay I'll go ahead with it and so he went for the next year and a half he just loved it what came in his life is even more something like an economics class and a physics class that he wanted to take and these opportunities start coming on the side, outside, whether it's online or like speech and debate, a private class on a different day than this community school. But basically by the two years after those classes, and he started a self-directed scholar class where he started building his own plan. We invited the kids to go out and get a vision for their life and go along for two hours and go figure it out. What is it you need to be working on this year? or maybe look at a bigger picture, but then we're going to help you down to one year and put it into action. And that was so empowering to him. And he got a really strong vision of what he wanted to do past year and three primary objectives. And one was to build a business and one was to uh, win first place in a speech contest or something. And another was get into a college of his choice. And he just put it into action, but it was really cool how he started to transition. After he was reading these books, we've asked him to read. He just naturally... He he just took hold of his education. I was so excited that he could build it himself and he just has started to fly with it and his initiative has been building and he's getting... I mean, it's really cool to see him because i taught him about, you know, writing down ideas in, in a little commonplace book years ago oh. and to see his journals are filling up as fast as mine and he's got ideas and he's got, you know, he's written, he has a blog and he started to, one of the cool things that came is he had a writing tutor I one of these families moved to Kentucky. And so this mom who knows more of the Oxford style tutorial of writing coaching, she and her daughter and my son over at Skype for two years have been doing writing tutorials. And so that helped him to start a blog and so... With this whole explosion of his own initiative, he stepped it up. Now he wants other youth writers that will write on the blog with them. And it's just going. He's got a hold of his life. He's off. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's written a when book, he was, too.
1: Yeah, he's, Pretty amazing. <laughs> he's written a children's book with my husband. And he's has this plan to become a public speaker where he's written books and then it's connected that way and he can get his messages out. For a long time, because he's an introvert, and I would see older youth that are giving back and helping the younger youth, and I would be like, hey, don't you want to give back? Look how those kids helped you when you were 11 and 12 and 13. And and he's an introvert, so he's kind of, that's a hard thing for him. He doesn't have that strong skill there. But just recently uh, when he did a presentation, he said, yeah, my mom's been kind of bugging me about (laughs) doing that. But I just really realized this week that I really want to help youth and help teenagers to step up their life and take ownership of their life and their education. And he made this list of four things. He's like, every teenager needs to learn these four things. And one was they need to read and then they need to observe and love. And, you know, he had this list. And it's just so cool to see the tools of writing thoughts down, the writing process of keeping a commonplace book or another word for it could be sort of journal, where we just blog a record, but more of like an idea journal. To see the flow of creativity happening with him, as I've learned it's been happening with me and then. It's really cool to see it happening with one of my
0: children. So I noticed you have a Family Foundations Guide, a Mother's Guide to Building Education on Foundational Character Building Principles and Creation for the home and community school. Is that kind of a resource that you would like to share with our audience, or is that something you're working on?
1: Yeah, I've been working on it for, let's see, two years. It's a three-year program, and before I started to work on this class, well, um, I started teaching symbolic Hebrew through hiking, kind of taking groups up on the mountainside and looking through nature and seeking the principles that we were talking about in through nature and telling the story of that symbolic, of the symbolic Hebrew language, which is the alphabet. And a lot of people don't realize it, but it's just an amazing creation. It's floating resources out there, and there's a story. Throughout the whole alphabet, there's a story that tells about the people of Israel. Wow. Anyway, so I started those classes online as well. And then what I did is I took those classes and I transferred it to a place for a mother and children to begin learning through symbols and through stories and through holistic, using the whole body through dance and all the resources and using multiple intelligences So instead of just have all drawing or hands-on at the table, there's a variety of different environments that can be created in a mother using this guide or in a mother using a guide within the community, a community school, that touches on so it creates multiple different environments that touch on different intelligences are really a natural way that our brain learns and it's a great resource to use for a mother who would like to play and learn with her child and incorporate a foundational principles a part of everything in all the learning and all the subjects and the play and the learning through exploring and discovering in math areas and science areas and in all the sciences, it opens up the, the door to, for a mother to create an outline of learning on foundational principles. And then she can utilize many other resources to lay on those principles or you lead your learning through many subjects from the foundational principle of
0: creation. Wow, that sounds pretty interesting. So you said you do an online course of that too, or was that just a one-time thing?
1: The Family Foundation Guide, it comes with an online course, but I have a website where it comes with a membership to the website for that year, and there's a plethora of content for each principle that the mother would like to teach and use and play with. There's So it starts out, my friend and I have been writing children's stories, and we have done 16 together so far, and that's the content for the two-year of this guide. And these children's stories have the principles of creation, which is the Hebrew, or the language of creation is another name for it, is what they call it, is a symbolic Hebrew they have these principles intertwined throughout the whole story and it's beautiful. And so we have these original stories and we have original songs with MP3s on the website and we have the words and principles broken down for a child to explore with that word and uh, resources that I show and we utilize in the class and that's where the online class comes in handy is because... You know, we can't teach something that we don't know ourselves, And so it's an opportunity for the mom to learn the principles and start to experience and discover for herself so that she can then incorporate them into their own family Can have conversations with her children about the stories and the fairy tales that can be added on and the Bible story that can be added on and the picture book stories that can be added on She can have conversations about those principles and use them when they come up in relationship building situations or in learning about the math and sciences. And she'll be able to understand that background for herself so she can bring that conversation out um, within her children's education and in the conversation in the home online other resources we have is all kinds of different ideas of activities that you as the mother could create small learning environments. Small, you know, whether it's in nature through the maths and sciences there or or geometry and all kinds of hands on math to beginners guide to constructing the universe is an example of the things that you can do through nature and learning the principles through nature. And then um, another example is through all the sciences, and then there's dance that I teach and working on you know building videos on, on the website kind of thing.
0: That's wonderful. And then your other resource is? It's called the Hebrew Project, and
1: I have a class for mentors or just a regular class for anyone who wants to learn just at the first level for themselves but it's it is definitely for an older audience and older youth
0: kind of to start other, them though, off in life type type of yeah class? Oh, yeah great. it's
1: definitely symbolic learning practicing with the class and through your own study practicing how to begin asking those questions to dig deeper and practicing using our skills of discovery with just the hebrew alphabet and what it, what it does is it helps to, helps us to challenge the tendencies. We have to shut learning down and shut learning for more meaning than just accepting one level of meaning. And it was created to have the symbol. So a symbol has many, many meanings. And sometimes we have been trained up in, this, in our educational system today to just accept one meaning and keep going. But there, our brains were designed to see in symbols. Not like an animal, and to see many meanings and it's amazing because as we learn this one symbol, then what happens is we are on our personal journey and start discovering these other connections that we are you know what come to our mind when we're learning one symbol, and then the whole class shares, and then we go forward reading more and discussing more. It's just an amazing experience. Isn't it?
0: Yeah, sometimes when we limit ourselves with one, you know, one thought on something, it really cuts out the growth for learning, you know, new concepts through that thing. So, that's wonderful. Yeah. Did you yeah, have it-, it
1: kind of forces us to do that? Yeah. Because it's a symbol. And you might you might learn something from one symbol that different than I might. And that's great. It kind of trains us to say to teach us that it's it's okay. What did you gain from this?
0: so are you making online courses for this? This is a curriculum I mean what's the
1: well I have a a mentor's guide where i I comes with the class, and if you're taking the class to be a mentor for other youth or adults, and that's what I'm teaching it right now. It's an eleven week class with another time we meet for discussions on on the books that we're reading. And we have about four books and it's we go week by week through the through the class and so that I it's not a program necessarily, I have a mentor's guide and you take the class and I walk you through it for yourself and then you would excuse um, me.
0: Do you, do you usually uh, are you there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. Do you usually do it like during the summer? Where if somebody's outside of the area, can they come in and and participate in that class, or is it one that you're just you're doing through your like Commonwealth School? Uh,
1: I teach online outside of my Commonwealth. Oh, okay, that's awesome. And I teach it wherever I, whenever I can, whenever it's possible. And this year we, I started last week and so I'm going from May to July and sometimes like I, I will teach it in my own community to the youth in uh, next school year but sometimes it's it just depends on when I teach it <laughs> when, I, when I'm offering when
0: I'm offering it and you usually have that listed on your website like the time yeah, such- um,
1: oh great That's on my blog, which is gatheringplaceforfamilies.org. Great. And the Family Foundation Guide is referenced on my website. It's called houseofthebook.org.
0: Great. And that's um, both of those courses are something that somebody could take and use within like their community school that they develop, right? Yes.
1: Great. If you have a, there's two different price options. For the community school um, option with the Family Foundation Guide, so if a mother just wanted to access and use it in her home, then it would be by like membership to the access to the website, and then it would be a different price if you wanted to teach it in community school, because it comes with different training, in-person training, and things like that.
0: Oh, that sounds wonderful. Well, great. Yeah. Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. To learn more about Katie Hansen, go to our show notes at theluminousmind.net. Also, be sure to become a subscriber to our free email list so you can receive notifications for the weekly audio blog, The Spark. We would love to have you join our program. Do so by going to the scheduling tab and become a fire starter today. Help support the podcast by making all your Amazon purchases through the free Amazon widget on our website theluminousmind.net like us on facebook follow us on twitter and google get our audio content on youtube itunes and stitcher leave us a review tell us how we can help you so together we can continue to light minds on fire and change the paradigm of education